G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, these truly are disturbing and crazy times. Many, many Australians have lost their jobs over the past week. It's more than likely we'll be in a global recession for the months ahead. Well, for many, these are crisis times as coronavirus plays havoc with economies around the world. Well, Darren Laudenbach is the founder of God's Money Matters. He's a speaker, a trainer, mentor and coach on finance issues to individuals and business. And Darren is joining us for some insights around what's happening with uh, people losing their jobs, businesses having to close. Darren, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's great to be with you again. Darren, we've spoken so many times. You've got a great way of being a, uh, you know, shoot from the hip, uh, tell it like it is, financial advisor. And the sorts of things that we've talked about over the years have been uh, pretty amazing. Your insights have been very powerful. Uh, today, we're talking about people losing their jobs, businesses closing down, and uh, just, uh, I'm just very, very aware that uh, this is a circumstance for you too when you recently opened a restaurant business. So give us a little insight into how you've had to handle the crisis so far over this past week. Yeah, it's certainly been an incredibly busy time. I know for a lot of people it has been, a lot, especially business people who uh, you know, have been um, having to make decisions by the hour. Um, you know, somebody joked with me the other day, have you had a chance to do that, start the Netflix binge yet? And, and that certainly hasn't happened. Um, yeah, we opened a, uh, a business on the 27th of December and um, uh, that was a, a restaurant and we employ, um, you know, about 40 people at any one time in that business. And yes, we've had to let, uh, on Tuesday, we had the sad uh, fact of reality. The brutal thing that we had to do, of course, was um, let people go because we're just not allowed to open. We can only do takeaway and it's not really a takeaway restaurant. So uh, we're trying to manage that at the moment. So uh, we, we had lots of conversations uh, on Tuesday, with, which were very, very tough indeed. Um, but, um, yeah, we, we felt like we needed to act quickly and give people certainty. I wonder, Darren, if you're happy to be just a little personal here as to how the reactions were when you had to basically sack those 40-odd staff. I mean, what sort of... You know, I imagine you had a lot of those conversations face-to-face. Uh, how do people take the word when it comes, or were they expecting it? Yeah, I think the... Um at first, there was a little bit of annoyance or frustration, but uh, certainly uh, I think there was also relief um, that uh, we'd done it like we'd done it, we did it quickly, um, so they weren't sitting around being uncertain about what was going to happen. Um, and we felt we needed to do that so that they could get on to some of the government benefits early um, rather than trying to put casuals on and reduce their hours and find that we didn't have just enough hours for them um, we, we felt it was financially better off for them to, um, based on the, the rules that are out there at the moment as far as the government benefits are concerned, to let them go early and let them allow them to be able to access those, benefit, those government benefits as soon as possible. 
um, because we felt that they would be financially actually better off when we did a bit of maths around it. Um, because of the, the reduced hours, we would, would only be able to allocate to them. So, you know, there was a little bit of relief. Neil, there was, um, you know, tears and there was frustration. Um, you know, we, we're telling, we, we are telling them honestly that as soon as we can, we'll, we'll have them back. Um, and I think because of the way we've dealt with them, I feel that um, a lot of them will come back to us um, when this is all over and done with. I imagine individuals react differently when they get word that they're being sacked. And uh, mm. just, uh, and I appreciate your heart in that. And I think you're probably reflecting what a lot of employers uh, would be like when they're having to, as you say, brutally uh, put off staff. And, but interestingly, I'd love to be able to just reflect here for a moment around the crunching the numbers because uh, you've, made that decision to act quickly because actually your acting quickly is actually to benefit uh, staff, actually doing the right thing by them, knowing that there is a crisis upon us. Uh, how do you do those number crunching? For perhaps listeners who are in small business and they're wondering about their next week, the next month, uh, about this idea of acting quickly and uh, how do you actually do the crunching of the numbers to, uh, to work out what's best for your staff? Yeah, the first thing was in the restaurant industry, we do have a lot of people who are, um, are temporary workers here, and so they're not entitled to any benefits. So we went through and worked out who was Australian residents first and that would be entitled to benefits, um, and who who of our team we felt were living at home uh, with parents or um, were in a financial potentially financial situation where they could be supported. So that was kind of our first first uh, port of call. Some of our, um, you know, we, we we know of one particular t- team member who. Um, is uh, a temporary resident at the moment, trying to get permanent residency, and um, she, you know we, if, she won't be entitled to any uh, government benefits. And because of her visa, she's not able to be supported from overseas by her parents. So basically, would become homeless immediately. And so, you know, we had to go through each individual team member and work through uh, what their potential situation could be like. And then um, the next decision was around. Okay, if we gave them a certain number of hours, how much would they earn based on their hourly rate? Um, how much would they get from the government, including the coronavirus um, bonus benefit that's going to be coming through, or extra benefits that's coming through that five fifty a fortnight? And um, and we looked at those limits very quickly and just went, well, okay, uh, if they're earning uh, a certain hourly rate and getting a certain number of hours, then you know where are they going to be placed? And and so that was kind of uh, in a nutshell how we. We came up with those, uh, the decision. Darren, is it the sort of conversation that a boss needs to have with staff before the crunch comes? Uh, you know, think about this now as to what will be most beneficial for you because uh, sometimes in circumstances uh, the boss makes the decision. Uh, it would have been better to have that in some ways with consultation with the staff so that they would know which is the best avenue. How do you uh, how do you think of, uh, of the communication between the boss and the employee here? Uh, is it best to have the consultation early or actually just to act quickly and, and uh, in the best interests that you think of the staff? Well, I think it is a conversation, so it's two-way. I, I think each individual needs to be treated as an individual, and we've tried to do that as, as best we can um, with each of our, our team members. Um, and, you know, we don't know every one of their situations intimately, so it was a conversation. But, uh, you know, there was certain, you know, our hands are tied. We have been told we are not allowed to operate as a restaurant. We are a sit-down restaurant. 
Um, normally, our takeaway and delivery area of our business is an incredibly small part of our business, um, and we're still not sure that we can make that viable at the moment. So, um, you know, we're, we're trying to keep people on. So, you know, our hands were tied to some degree, but we, we tried to have that personal interaction, that conversation with each individual and treat them as an individual. Um, and so, and we were communicating with them a long way um, through the uh, means of communication we have. It's, a, it's, a, it's an app that allows us to speak to everybody. Um, and we were messaging them regularly, saying things are changing. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, uh, keep an eye on your shifts. Keep an eye on what's going on. Um, so we try to keep that conversation. Ha- we, well, we try to start that conversation very, very early. And as as a boss, you're wanting to keep a good relationship with your staff because as soon as the crisis does uh, pass, uh, then you're wanting to actually reopen. You want the experience, you want the culture that you've begun to build in your business to continue on. And uh, you don't want to lose those valuable staff members because when you're operating a business that really requires a lot of staff, as a restaurant does, then uh, the staff are the, the way that uh, are the means to your success overall, aren't they? So you've got to have a good relationship with your staff. Absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, we really love our team members and we do get to know them quite. Uh, intimately, one of our team members we bought in from another business that uh, was sold uh, not so long ago. And, you know, overall, she's been within the group for about six years. We've had another couple of people who have been with the group, you know, two or three years. And so these are people we've got long-term relationships with and we want to maintain those relationships. And, and uh, we can't determine how people are going to react to what we do and say and how, the action we have to take, but we, we can... Um, do our best to treat them as individuals and treat them uh, as fairly as we possibly can and care for them wherever we can. Darren, we often talk as Christians, and if you are a business owner, if you are the boss, you do conduct yourself in a different way. You have a higher level of values and standards. And uh, how valuable is that when you come to a crunch like this, that you hold those standards and then uh, all of a sudden you're you're in the corner and, and you've got to actually stand or fall according to those values and standards that you have personally within your heart. Uh, what are your thoughts here uh, around the idea that, that uh, you know, God isn't taken by surprise, uh, but he's given to us a set of standards to care for one another uh, when you're in the circumstance that you've found yourself in? How, how do you reflect? How can you reflect? on that yeah of course it goes to uh, that second most important um, <laughs> uh, of the Ten Commandments you know love your neighbor as yourself and I suppose um, uh, because we do love God and we see every one of every human on the planet is one of his children and if we should uh, love our brothers and sisters um, then how would we treat them um, what what do we what are we going to do for them um, wherever possible and so that's um, that's how we've tried to act in all of this. Um, and also, as much as it's been an emotional time, um, you know, resting on God's word, um, he, he says, be, be strong and create, courageous, you know, don't be afraid and do not panic. And so we've been trying to, you know, he says that in Deuteronomy 31.6, sorry. He, um, he talks about, you know, don't be afraid and don't panic. Well, you know, we can show some of that security we have in him at these times. We can tell them, the team members we're praying for them. We can, you know, a lot of our team members aren't Christians. And so um, it's expressing all of those things at this time. That's true love, you know. Uh, and so that's what we've tried to do wherever we possibly can. And also, 
as a business owner, it's prudent to make fast decisions in these times, uh, not be um, in, a, in a panicking way, but go, you know, go through the balance sheet go to, and, and the profit and loss statement, which is what we've done. And we've worked through every single item and said, what can we cut so that we can keep the business still ticking and keep the people we still have on, but cut it now, cut it fast, uh, preserve as much cash as we possibly can so that we can actually open up again one day because it's no use us going down at this point in time and not having a job for anyone when, it, when this all get, blows over. Um, that doesn't serve anyone. So, you know, by protecting the business, we're actually ultimately protecting the team members long-term as well. Um, Darren, let's turn our attention for a few moments to perhaps some big-picture issues, and you've always got great insights on these things, uh, global economies and uh, the way things appear to be going. I mean, uh, uh, there's these government payments that are in place designed to be a bridge across the coming six months, and that's like six months at least, according to the Prime oh. Minister. Uh, what are your thoughts on on timeframes? No one can really know how the coronavirus is going to hang around and go through the seasons that it does around the face of the earth, but uh, what are your thoughts for uh, the idea that there's a bridge for the coming six months, uh, time-wise uh, and uh, relevance-wise? What are your thoughts here? Yes, I think uh, the government has acted quickly. Some people uh, could say that they could have acted more quickly, but uh, you know they don't know. They're, they're in unknown territory as well, I feel, and so I want to be fair to the government. I feel that they've acted very quickly, and, and um, there's calls for them to, to bring forward some of the centrally payments and, and the extra benefits that they've um, announced, and I think that if they can do that, that would be good. It's, it's such a... You know, government's such a big machine and it's hard to get these things to move so quickly. We've seen the race on Centrelink um, already and it's knocked down our, on their websites and things like that because of the, the simple demand. So I think overall the government's acted quickly. I think that the stimulus packages that the government, the governments across the world, you know, the US announced last night and, and uh, our government's already announced are uh, uh, major and significant um, uh, movements in the right direction and I think that ultimately they will help um, get the economy up and running more quickly. I, I think it's um, just such a, a difficult time for um, for the governments to make, you know, what decisions they need to make um, as far as those stimulus packages are concerned because, of course, we're going to have to pay for it at some stage. Um, but deferring the pain of that till sometime later is probably the preferred option at the moment. Darren, this is not like a global financial crisis. It's not like uh, it's a, a recession or into depression, although those are sort of predictions that people are making. Uh, the idea that this ha has a limited time. Sometimes you can be overwhelmed by circumstances and feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. What are your thoughts, uh, from even from a biblical Christian perspective, on the idea that uh, these hard times will pass and the hardships that we might experience now, uh, we ought to look forward to a time when these things will ease. Uh, what are your thoughts for, for those who are concerned about us? You know, we're probably heading into the depths right now, but what are your thoughts for the idea that this too will pass? Yes, I think that that's an absolute... Uh, we, I think history is on our side with that, um, um, and, you know, I'm reassured by Matthew 28, 20, where it says, and, um, and surely I am with you always to the end of the very age. So I think as Christians, we have that extra hope. Uh, no matter what's going on, we can, we can cope with this. I, I feel 
very strongly that we will look back and go, wow, that was an opportunistic time to get some stuff in order. Um, and, you know, uh, it was a reminder for maybe this generation that doesn't budget very well, that doesn't put emergency funds away generally, uh, that lives too much on debt, um, doesn't value family as much as we should. I think, you know, this is an opportunistic time for us to be reflecting on those bigger picture things. Um, I saw something that was accredited to Bill Gates this morning and it was, you know, his, his reflections on this and saying that he believes there's a spiritual force behind all this and that it's pushing us back to some of those core things that we should value. And whether he wrote it or not, it was a good piece and it did. It was a good reminder that we really do need to value things like family, value time together, value um, and uh, you know, value that every every human on the planet is important and valuable. And, and these viruses um, are indiscriminate. It doesn't matter how much money you have uh, and and how wealthy you are. This kind of thing can still affect you directly. And so that's an evener, and that kind of levels us to realise that we are a global community that does rely on each other, and they're the kind of core things. Um, I think, you know, for those who are in a position, there, there will certainly be a massive transfer of wealth that will happen through this time. So um, there will be those who could take on opportunities that others can't because they have got a cash position or uh, that they're enabled to do that. So I don't know how that'll play out, and I think, unfortunately... Some of that will not be as good as what we'd like it to be. Um, but it's a, it's a big reset, really, isn't it? It is. And uh, love your thoughts on that reprioritizing. And uh, that's the sort of thing we've talked about over the years as a Christian when it comes to our finances, when it comes to our careers, when it comes to our family, when it comes to our social networks, this idea of having priorities right. And sometimes you've got to work on reprioritizing things and working out what things are important. Darren, it's just great getting your insights and no doubt we'll have another chat on another day very soon because uh, just love your insights as things continue to develop. I do want to point people to godsmoneymatters.com. That's the organization, the ministry that Darren Laudenbach leads, God's Money Matters, and really hits close to home when uh, when we think of uh, someone who is our commentator on Issues around finance, uh, going through a tough time himself, having to close down a business that he'd been operating. Darren, uh, just appreciate you so much and uh, God's blessing on you and your business as things continue to uh, go through a rough patch over this time. But godsmoneymatters.com, Darren Laudenbach, thanks so much for taking some time to share your heart with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. I always appreciate being uh, on your show. Thank you, mate. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.